The following podcast contains spoilers and words like piss, shit, and fuck. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another amazing, incredible, spectacular episode of We Watched a Thing. Hope you're all going well. How you doing, Noosk? That was too much. It was not too much. Start this, again. This is what you need. You need some energy to open the show. I, I told what percentage was that last years. beer? <laughs> the last one was only four. The first, the first one, one was one ten. Was 10. <laughs> the second one was eight. That tasted like a fruit juice and it had chunky floaty bits of yeast in it. Fucking delicious. How are no, you doing? It was fucking Thanks gross. for joining me once again. I'm good. Yeah, I just watched Mean Girls. You did. You did. <laughs> it was lip fam, <laughs> as the kids say. That's right. This episode is extra special because not only is it a patron request, and we love all our patrons equally, but this one's very special because this comes from our patron raffle winner, who doesn't usually get a choice of oh. movies to pick. But Mel is an absolute legend. She's been a longtime patron, and she was lucky enough to win our raffle draw this Christmas. And one of those prizes was to pick a film. She also got a couple of stickers. She got some merch. She got a couple of tickets for her local cinema. Here we are talking about her choice. When when it came to picking a movie, she was a bit nervous. She said, I don't want to pick a favorite that you might shit all over. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So she made a very- I hate when you do that to me. <laughs> she made a very smart and a very safe choice by picking- Mean Girls. So shall we talk about it? It is a safe choice, but it's an excellent choice. It is. Mean Girls is a 2004 American teen comedy film directed by Mark Waters and written by Tina Fey. It stars, of course, Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, Lacey Chabert, Amanda Seyfried, Tim Meadows, Anna Gastia, Amy Poehler. This cast list doesn't have fucking Lizzie Kaplan on what? it. And that's a crime. And I'm going to say it, Lizzie fucking Kaplan. And what is it about, Noose? Mean Girls. <laughs> girls who are mean. Come on, give me more than that. Oh, all right. It's a... Uh, it's... um. It's an homage to teen films. It's um, a commentary on nasty teenage girl behaviour. It's, um, you know, a meditation on your high school years. But, but what, is, what is the plot? You could just oh, give me the plot. Oh, oh, I don't fucking know. I don't know why you have me do this thing. Um, All right, I'm going to do it for yep. once. I've, I don't think I've ever yes, done this before Could you pull your show. weight for once, Billy? Katie Harron is an exchange student. She's just moved from Africa. She used to be homeschooled, and her parents have enrolled her in mainstream school so that she is socialized. She becomes friends with Lizzie Kaplan, the best bitch ever, who convinces her to become friends with Regina George, the worst bitch ever, uh, in, in a bit of a down. ploy to take her and her mean girlfriends down. The plastics. And shit ensues. <laughs> Um, So, when we were watching this just before, you told me that you didn't see this movie when it came out. Uh, How long after do you think you saw this? I I don't know. I don't remember my first viewing very well, but I remember loving it and thinking it was like a cut above the rest of any film I had seen in my youth, (laughs) which was mostly shit at that time. Yeah, so you and I were in our final year of high school when this film came out. This I don't film think I was, saw it then, though. This film was 2004. I was 16 when this film came out, and Cute. I loved it since then. I remember once me and my best friend, Eddie, uh, <laughs> having a sleepover <laughs> and eating a, ton, eating a ton of Hungry Jacks and watching this film. <laughs> um, I loved this movie since I first saw it. So you two I'm, would still be doing that now, did you not have wife and kids? <laughs> so I'm really excited to be talking about this. So let's get straight into it then. Can we start with 
the queen herself, Tina Fey. I thought you were going to say Rachel McAdams. I was like, oh, I hate Rachel McAdams. <laughs> yeah, she, I'm not a fan, is, but she owns this role. She does a really great job. Well, I mean, the the we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the, the entire cast does. Yes. Like, everyone is so perfect for the roles they've been cast yes, in. Yes. But yeah. can we please start with Tina Fey, who wrote the film? Yeah. I'm sure that you know this. Maybe you don't. Did you know that this film is- is Based on a book. Based on a self-help book. Not based on, oh. a, on a storybook. It's based on a self-help book called Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman, which is a self-help book about the kind of the mean girl culture mm, in the high year school. The 89 phase. Yeah, and I believe it's more written from like a parent's point of view about like how to help your teen girls through this stage. Mm. Um, Tina Fey read this and got in touch with Lorne Michaels, producer of SNL, and said, this should be a movie. Mm. And so she just – she wrote this. She – Obviously, the story is completely fictional by her because the book was just a self-help book. So, she based it off her own high school experiences. <laughs> this is Yikes. one of the sharpest screenplays ever written. Mm. I'm like, I don't care if you want me to put the BDBC on this, if you think this is a big call or if you think it's this not. is justified. It's justified. This is one of the best screenplays ever written. It mm. is incredible. It sets out to do a job and it does it very, very well. It really- like. It's just it's so funny, beat for beat. It's so it's, true to life. Anyone can, well, yeah. especially any female, can look back at those <laughs> year eight, year nine. Well, I don't know if that's, what's that, sophomore or something for, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, Americans, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, 14 to 16, let's say that. <laughs> nah, nah, by 16 you're a, like normal human being again. You reckon that's when they should come out of hibernation? I've had well, this men shouldn't for- come out of hibernation till like 30, really, so how <laughs> about had, you just I've up? had this theory for a long time that, that girls should go into hibernation when they hit high school and wake up when they're real adults. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but this screenplay is just you're absolutely You're in for a incredible. really rude shock when we like, have daughters. You're right. I've seen this. I could not count on my hands the number of times I've seen this. I film. know. We can quote every line as it's coming, and but it's so good. Still, it's laugh out loud hilarious from start to finish. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And not only is it hilarious, you know what really <laughs> struck me- And none for Gretchen to- Wieners. You know what really struck me tonight is just how real the dialogue is. Like, mm. it always feels very authentic. Yep. I mentioned it to you tonight that I was surprised that there's no fuck bombs in mm. this film. Like, obviously, there's a lot of other slurs. There's mm-hmm. plenty of sluts, plenty of whores, plenty of bitches. Plenty of retards as well. Well, yeah, yes, it was 2004. Lots of, lots of retards, lots of gay. Yep. Um, but no fucks. And I don't know whether maybe this is part of my masculinity coming through. But, okay. <laughs> or maybe it's what? just the kind of films I grew up watching. But I grew up watching a lot of films that I associated with kind of realism, like Kevin Smith films, for example, where there's a lot of fucks said. And so there's mm-hmm. this small part of me that always thinks that. And I mean, let's face it, you and I, like we're Aussie, maybe we talk differently, but we say fuck a lot. A lot. And I always think that that's how you get realism. Even our children have dropped F-bombs. Yeah, but this film, it's so real and so raw without a single swear in it. Mm. And that is a real skill, I think, on Tina Fey's behalf. Yep, that's true. Yep. It's um, 
it's funny how it also captures the time, as you were saying, like lots of retard, lots of gay, it's 2004. You know, it's right in the sort of end height of Friends yeah. uh, phase yeah. uh, in the 2000s, like Paris Hilton, Lindsay yeah. Lohan, like they were the queen bees of Hollywood well, and this the was Rat bef- Pack. And- this must have been before Lindsay Lohan was a bit of a queen bee, right? Like this, I mean, in the late 90s, she was- you know, she's around our age. She was a child actor. You're talking the parent trap. And then I mm. think Freaky Friday was the year before this. I feel like it was after this film that she became that real kind of actual mean girl. Fun story. I was reading that when she was brought in to audition for this film, it was for the Regina George role. Mm. And her agents actually said, no, we think the mean girl thing would damage her image. <laughs> so that's why they went for Katie with it, which is so fascinating looking back now because- now that's kind of what she's known for is that out all night no, clubbing. That's, no, that's not what she's known for. No. Really? No, I think that was Paris Hilton at the time. Yeah, okay. And Lindsay Lohan um, was the sort of <laughs> crack addict hanger on her. <laughs> like they're all just, you know, out doing coke together. Anyway, we've gotten way off track. Um <laughs> What was the original question? I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, it, it's it's also a bit of a time capsule is what I was trying yeah, to get at. Definitely. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and even oh that god awful fashion. What were any of us thinking? <laughs> I know. Yuck. How hilarious is the scene where, as a bit of a gag, Janice cuts holes in Georgina's titties of her shirt and then everyone else is doing the same because they think it's cool. It's like, yep. oh, my God, that would have happened in 2004. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> don't you remember? Oh, you don't, you're not a teenage girl. Uh, am I not? <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit. Supre, where I remember Supre. all, I remember Supre. all the, you know, tweens and teens yeah. wanted to shop. Yeah. My and crushes it- shopped there. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Um, oh, I'm so ashamed I ever shopped there. And it was funny because in my youth, Supre had been like a sort of middle-aged woman's store. Yeah, It was right. kind of like a bit And like, they transitioned sluts. Yeah, they transitioned hard into <laughs> um, like total skank tops as we would it call would them. It would be like and if Suzanne them. started selling crotchless panties. <laughs> like you're a middle-aged lady. No, store. no, no. Because <laughs> No, crotchless panties is a step too far. <laughs> this was for young girls to feel you know, right I don't up. like to I don't like to use the word slutty, but slutty it was. Um, instead of cutouts on the breasts of the shirts, there was handprints. Yeah. You would buy it like that. I remember that. I remember From the honestly, flames, the flames up the shirts the and the really short The amount of girls in skirts. high school who had like handprints on their ass of yes. their jeans. Yep. And it's like, mate, come on. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I know. And just so much, so many low riding jeans, low riding skirts that are also short. It's like, oh. See, girls these I'm days horrified don't do I that, ever do left the house like Was that. Was that literally just an early 2000s thing? Oh, yeah. Everything's gone back to, like, the 80s and the 70s now. It's all, so like, now they've all got high-rise. <laughs> anyway, what I really, really, truly love about this film is Tina Fey's character. I strive yes. to be Tina Fey's character Isn't that now funny, though? Like as, I, a, as, I, a, as a fully functioning adult who teaches young girls. That's the thing, looking back on this. This film is now 17 years old. Ugh, don't say it. And we are now... At least, honestly, we're probably older than Tina Fey was in this film. No, we. But honestly, 
No. How old do you think she is now? 17 years ago. Oh, you're probably right. I reckon for sure we are. Hang on. Let's do some quick maths here, my friends. And she's so cool in it. No, okay. So she was basically exactly our age. In What's basically exactly mean? Well, so she's 51 now. So you're minus 17 from that. You got, what, 34? So that's how old oh, I turn. Oh, that's, that's how old you'll be this year, yeah. babe. <laughs> so, that you're looking in fear of. Cute. <laughs> and it, that's one of those things that makes me so depressed. You know, she was my age when she wrote this fucking genius film and here I am doing nothing with my life. No offense to you and our kids. <laughs> Or the people who are listening to your podcast. It's like when like when you watch Jeez. Bo Burnham's Inside and he's whinging about turning 30 and like, mate, you're a fucking millionaire genius. I'm four years older than you and I've done absolutely dick all with my life. Stop complaining, you fucking twat. <laughs> okay, well, I feel great about myself. <laughs> but yeah, it's so funny that like... I've always loved her. And even when I saw this as a kid, I remember thinking she was hilarious. But now I really identify with her. You really appreciate it. Like when she's talking about having multiple jobs and stuff and all the kids are like, oh, that's gross and sad. Mm -hmm. You're like, Mm. mate, you wait till you grow up. (laughs) And honestly, the economy is worse now than it was in 2004. You you kids are going to have 10 jobs if you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll never afford a house. (laughs) (laughs) But she is so great in this film. I mean- I know I'm obviously I've had too much to drink. I'm jumping around a lot here, but what? let's let's talk about the cast then. I mean, she's genius in that role. I can't imagine anybody else in that role. Um, oh, I I can for sure. Like, who else would you recast? Let's okay. Here's a question for you: Mean Girls is being remade this year, which honestly could happen. That's, like, it, yeah. it's now a Broadway musical. For all we know, that's we'll true, get Mean is. Girls the musical, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like how there's. Uh, High School Musical, the movie, the musical, the series or something, as it's called. It's Really? Fucking, yeah, it's ridiculous. Don't it's tell, got so many acronyms. Don't tell Elliot that. How would you recast this movie today? Because I think that this cast is stone cold perfect. I'm I not a Rachel McAdams I don't know who fan, any of the kids like. I'd have to ask my students, actually. That would be a really interesting question. I assume be. someone like Tom Holland would have to play Aaron Samuels. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's a bit of a babe. Or, uh, or Timothée Chalamet. I could see him. <laughs> yep. He sees a bit of a darling. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop talking. <laughs> um, hmm. Who's the kind of, like, underdog it girl right now? See, I don't know any of their names. I don't know who's- This is how old we are. You know who would play Tina Fey's role? Hmm. Jennifer Lawrence. She's now old enough to play the teacher in one of these movies. True. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And, and like, three years before this- it would have been Cameron Diaz. Three, three years, years? Three years before Mean Girls. Uh, oh. Like in 99, would have no. been Cameron Diaz. No. Yeah. You're way off. Am I? <laughs> what? No. Cameron Diaz was like, you know, the California girl of Hollywood. No. Yeah, Someone right. to play Tina Fey's character <laughs> has yeah, to be dumb. the current- Oh, you know who it would be? Kate McKinnon. You're right, probably. Yeah, now it would it be Kate to, McKinnon. It has to be like yeah. the- Or A.D. Bryant. She- Oh, A.D. Bryant would nail it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Someone yeah. who's just, yeah, like sarcastically funny, yeah. sort of floats over the current like Gen Z yeah. head a bit. But honestly, there's not a bad performance in this film. We haven't even really spoken about Lindsay Lohan yet, or God forbid, Lacey Chabert, who is <sighs> one of the God most for- stunning women God on the forbid. planet. Okay, well- But Lacey Chabert down. and- Amanda Seyfried. And Amanda Seyfried. 
are so good in this mm. film. They are mm. hands down hilarious. He's your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> from from memory, no, but he's this, like he's my first cousin. <laughs> from memory, this would have been the first time I'd seen Amanda Seyfried. And I've loved just about everything she's been in since. Lacey Chabert I was already madly in love with from Party of Five. Party of Five. <laughs> and, uh, and Lost in Space. Lost in Space. <laughs> but she is hilarious in this film. And it must have been around the same time or maybe not another teen movie was earlier where she played the Jennifer Love Hewitt role. Mm-hmm. But they are so good in this movie. Yep. She's very unhinged. You know, like, oh, just the way she says, it'll be our secret. And, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, she wouldn't want, like, if someone said something about you, you would yeah. want to know, right? Like, oh, it takes me well, back to high school. That's what I mean by about I how hate this real film the screenplay is. Like, yeah, it's very real. Every, it's frighteningly real. I think back real. to my high school time and- you know, even as a guy, like I'm, I can't imagine what the, what it would be watching this movie like as a as a girl like you. Like, even as a guy, this movie instantly takes me back to that time mm. period and the way people spoke. And yeah, I think that this is honestly like I've I, spoken- I remember watching it and I I didn't see it in year ten like you did. I saw it a little bit later. I think yeah. it must have been in college when we had met. And I remember feeling. Like, this film was very healing and cleansing of yeah. my high school experience. I was like, oh, oh, that was good. I've spoken on record about what a strong screenplay I think Clueless is. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, I think for pound for pound, this is even stronger. I think that this has even more realism to it. Like, this really is how people spoke in 2004. Like, this movie, it's movie funny. Thing. It's a really polished screenplay. Like, it's yeah. not- it's not really raw and, you know, this isn't like Mumblecore, like Before Sunrise or one of mm. those kind of films, you know, The Florida Project, where it's really realistic dialogue. But something yep. about it honestly really hits me hard and just makes oh, me- Oh, yeah. Because everyone's a complete twat in high school. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you and I met, I was like, I just feel like if someone tells me they really loved high school- I'm like, I'm going to stay away from you. You're a dickhead. And you agreed with me. And I was like, oh, I knew I liked you. Do you know who you would be in this film in high school? Tina Fey. No, 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 no. Of the students. Who do you think you are? Janice Ian. Oh, no. You wish you were Janice Ian. I do. You're Damien. You are Damien. (laughs) Probably. Like, somehow liked by all, but stands- alone and sort of as an outsider, has really kind of funny top level sort of, you know, like the way he- Danny DeVito, I love your work. (laughs) I love your work, yeah. Like, that was the kind of shit you probably did. Before we move on from from And our dear friend Blair is uh, the mathlete. Oh, absolutely (laughs) he is. We were watching it. We were like, that's him. That's so him. That guy who, like, is a complete nerd but thinks he's dope Mm, as fuck. Badass MC. I'll give you my card. Yeah. Before we move on from the cast, can we please talk about Lizzie Kaplan as Janice Ian? Because- Lizzie Kaplan is the MVP of this film. She really is. And I I love her so much. And I think she's done some great work since as well. They nearly didn't cast her because they thought she was too pretty for this role. Right. Is that why maybe they grunge her up quite heavily? Well, yeah. I mean, that's part of the role anyway. Exactly. Yeah. She's just- Absolutely perfect in this yeah. role, I think. And she is so funny. Like, she is the funniest character and she's also the heart of the film, I think, which is, you know, a lot of people might say that that's Lindsay Lohan's lead character, but I think that the heart of this film really comes from Janice. And that's a hard thing to hey, pull off, I now. think. 
What about the principal? <laughs> well, okay. Tim Meadows <laughs> is fucking hilarious. Everything he does makes me laugh. Yeah. There's nothing better than when uh, Tina Fey asks during the assembly, has anyone here ever felt personally vilified by Regina George? Victimized. And, and you see him slowly put his hand up and it's like, mate, you are hilarious. And when he's commenting on the gossip as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. teachers aren't above that. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're 100%. I, I heard that Regina George was back with Aaron Samuels. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> Coach, whatever your name is, step away from the underage girls. <laughs> Ew. Such a genius screenplay. It's so good. And I remember it was that particular scene as well that you were like, wow, the directing of this film is just shot for shot is really thought through. Well, that's, and- yeah, I said that to you because I had forgotten how well directed and how well constructed the film was. I remembered the screenplay being tight. And I think what I remembered was... The dialogue, you know, the way people talk and stuff. I had forgotten, though, just how well paced the film is Mm. and just how well shot it is. Like, when they're all fighting when the burn book comes out and you have that shot of Regina George standing at the top of the stairs and the camera kind of moves back. And she's looking down at all of them and she knows what she's done. She's, like, like surveying the damage. Yes. And And she's very smug. (laughs) As only Rachel McAdams can be. (laughs) Even before that, like, there were a lot of shots in this film where I was kind of like, wow, that's really impressive. But, like, the film nerd in me, in the scene at the party when Janice and Damien pull up in the car. Yeah. And that scene is directed beautifully. The way the camera kind of spins around Janice in that car and reveals Yeah, they utilised him not being able to stop. He was getting home. Yeah, yeah. It is. This is a stunningly put together film. And using the car as a tool, because the one time he stops, the he like puts his foot on the brake, is when she says, you know, you're just obsessed with me or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Damien so much. <laughs> he's He's got so many great quips. And um, I love her parents, too. So much. Oh, yeah. Like, Dr. Jen Etor. (laughs) I just, I find that they add, they're not in much, but they add a really beautiful level of heart to the film. And watching it back as a parent of future teenage daughters. Yeah. yeah. (sighs) When she says, who are you? I'm like, oh, that's going to be us. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it, it is. I, I've said on here before that I've never been more terrified as a parent than when I watched 13, which oh. is the scariest movie I've ever seen. That's, yeah, that's true. But this is kind of close. Like I said, it's very, very real. And this isn't as harsh, obviously. Like, this isn't as dark a film. Uh, <laughs> nowhere near. They're like polar but, opposites in, but, in terms of tone. But it's very, very real. And this film, I think, is much more about relationships. I yeah. Think. Like this film is really about, like obviously 13 very much is about the friendship groups that your kid falls into and how you can't protect them from that. But this film too, I think, really covers that territory and is kind yeah. of scary as a parent. Yeah. I, um, I just find it completely heartbreaking. You know, when you look at your kids now and how wonderful and pure they are and how excited they get about things 
and then you just know you're on limited time. You're on yeah. borrowed time with them because soon they're not going to want to be like, read me Harry Potter, read me Harry Potter. And they're going to not care what your opinion is or, well, they're not going to seek it out. And they're yeah. also maybe going to do the opposite of it. Like, and the the real opinions that will matter most to them are their friends. And it's just like, oh, yeah. God, you're in for such a rough awakening because high school is hard. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> Although I do feel, I do genuinely feel that kids are kinder today than they were in our generation. I, I do as well, Def. I mean, the world has changed. The world has completely yeah, changed. different things you aren't can't, Even, like, kids don't say retard in today's day and age. Mm. Kids don't call each other gay, yep. which we did back then. Yeah. Like- on it, like, look at the like, and, whether you, you know, agree being with transphobic or, not, or homophobic or say. racist is is not funny anymore. Yeah, it's not even like in the two thousand fours we knew it wasn't it wasn't appropriate and it was still a joke. Yeah, and we were like, oh, I wouldn't actually treat someone but that now way, you know, but I would even joke, joke about, about it. it. Yeah, now yeah. you don't even joke about it. Like so, whether you, whether you agree hope. with it or not, look at the turnout and aggression towards JK Rowling for her comments mm. and it's like this is from a generation who grew up reading what she said like we all grew up on Harry Potter like I've I've read articles and and read research about how much our generation's politics were shaped from mm. reading Harry Potter yeah and we are now the generation that is boycotting JK Rowling for her words against you know, it's funny. Transgender it, people. It's interesting, though, because I think I said this to you when it sort of first came out. Wow, we've gotten way off topic. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting when something becomes so big that you don't boycott it, you boycott the person. It's yeah, the same with Disney. True. You'll boycott, you know, um, Walt Disney for his, like, racist decisions and, yeah. um, you know, like, their terrible themes around feminism and film. stuff. Yeah. But you'll still support Disney Pixar. Look look at the head of Pixar, you know. Yeah. Turns out he was a fucking sex pest. But people still go see Pixar films yeah. and love Pixar films. That's and true. J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter is the same. Harry Potter it's, it's much will not her. be tainted. People are just happy to let her go. I mean, I've always been an advocate of you kind of have to appreciate the art and not the artist, like especially these days where, you know, like but in a there are a lot of there are a lot of brilliant Kevin Spacey films. I'm not gonna go yeah, out there true. and say yay Kevin Spacey, but American Beauty, The Usual Suspects, like these are brilliant brilliant we have gotten way off topic he always creeps me out i have to say but anyway yep okay so mean girls anyway right, is a frighteningly thing. accurate uh oh, that's depiction how we got into this is this of i think i don't know anyway um this is what ha see this is what happens we were watching this movie we we're having a few drinks we i clearly had too many and then you were like let's record now and i was like really right now this is what happens it's this is fresh what happens in my when we mind now no, it's just the sign of a good film that it makes you examine yeah. many other things. Yeah. So, let me ask you this, right? We certainly didn't get this off topic with Holiday. Let's not forget uh, that yeah. train wreck of a yeah. dumpster fire episode. Let me ask you this, right? Because, as I've said, I think that this screenplay is incredibly, incredibly strong. Hmm. I'm going to read you the Oscar nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay this year. Sideways, which was the winner- by Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. Didn't see it. Before Sunset. I mean, great film. I have seen that now. Finding really Neverland. It. 
Million Dollar Baby and The Motorcycle Diaries. Like, some of those are good movies, don't get me wrong, but honestly, this is- So, this this wasn't nominated. Well, I mean, let's face it. The Oscars have never really accepted comedy as as an award-worthy genre, but I think that this is- Honestly, the screenplay is so fucking sharp. Yeah. And I love Tina Fey. I've loved so much that she's done. Like, I'm a huge 30 Rock fan, but- this is this is her best work and probably always it is, will be. Yeah, it is her best work, yeah. And I love the way she approaches, you know, of course it's a teen drama. You've got to have some romance in there. Yeah. But it's not it's not oversaturated with that. I it's mean, yeah, like, yeah. You're right. It's about all of the relationships and of course it's it's called Mean Girls. It's about yeah. the girls specifically, but like it could easily very much turn into being all about Katie winning Aaron Samuels yep. over, but that's yep. just one small part of it. And they even do that it's in more their about breakdown. Her yeah, um, they they do that in their breakdown of how they're going to take her down, and it's just, oh, yeah, that scene as well, frightening, where they're standing in front of the mirror and they're all criticizing parts of themselves. Yeah, and then they look to her like, "Why aren't you saying something?" That's just. It makes me so sad. That's the other thing that I think is really important to remember in the context of this film is I think, and certainly my memory, is that this was one of the first teen films really addressed at a teenage girl audience rather than boys and really not as a raunch fest. You know, like, so teen films started in the 70s with films like Animal House. They went away for a long time and then American Pie in 99 really brought about a resurgence. But that was a very male-focused film. But they all are. Even when they focus on, there's always the female lead and she's the end goal. Yeah. She's end game. Yeah. But it's always like, ugh, it's just fucking dripping in patriarchy. It fucking pisses me off. At this period of time, that's what we were getting. You know, like American Pie had just brought about that resurgence. We had films like, I'm trying to remember the names of them, Tomcats, Van Wilder, I think was around this time. Like lots of, you know- Films about males going to parties and trying to get laid was, and even this she's film, all that and oh she's all that um, yeah perfect example that was around two thousand one I think, and then we get this film which really sees it from the female point of view, this really flips its head on it like there's basically one male in the film and he's kind of the romantic object that they're fighting over, but it's not done in the same way it's completely but them fighting over him is just one small exactly yeah it's so great it's just genius and it brought about this whole change that you know we wouldn't have films like you know it's funny i know that when booksmart came out last year a lot of people was like oh it's like the female super bad i don't Mm. like you can say all you want about super bad i don't think we would have that film if it weren't for films like mean girls before it Mm, that's interesting that's interesting to think about I love Tina Fey when she takes over the sort of um, attitude adjustment that the principal <laughs> is like. You know, it, it's funny. It's bizarre that earlier today I watched Inside Out with our youngest and there's that really funny scene where they're at the dinner table together and the mum is getting like lots of sass and attitude from Riley, the yeah. main character, and – She's looking to the dad and the dad brains, um, yep. you know, like all the feelings in the dad brain step in and and they're like, oh, putting the foot down, putting yeah, the foot down. Yeah. Oh, thank God. That could have been a disaster. And it cuts back to the mum's head and it's like, oh, <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> and it's it's funny. It's exactly that. He takes over. He's principal. And then he's like, oh, I'm out. 
actually don't know how to handle this. Yeah. It pisses me off, of course, because it's in relation to a girl talking about menstruation. And, like, fucking get over it, mate. You're a principal of both. <laughs> I can't help it if I have heavy flow and a wide-set <laughs> vagina. And you can't help that, okay? <laughs> like, that's just a thing people deal with. That girl's a superhero. But, yeah, like, it, it's a bit annoying that he he backs out at that moment in relation to that one specific thing. But I love then like how differently Tina Fey approaches it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, raise your hand if you've been victimized. Raise your hand if you've said something about someone else. Like, yeah. oh, it's just like it was really quite ahead of its time for 2004. Well, it's that real female point of view, which, as I was saying, was just not really No, a but thing not even that. Then. It's, it's not even – I mean, yes, it centers on the female's point of view and the female characters, but I mean – the novel concept of women treating other women kindly. Yeah. Like when yeah. she says, like that's the that's the huge like like flooring line of the film. When she's like, you know, you call each other sluts and whores and stuff, you know, don't say those things because that's just an excuse then for guys to use those terms yeah. on you. Yeah. That's huge. That's so far in advance of, like, yeah, the Me Too movement really, yeah, and everything yeah, else that true. followed that of women supporting women. And, like, that's 2004. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's true. Like, good on you, Tina Fey. Yeah. I just think that this – like, it's funny. I know that this film is very well regarded, but I do think it's an underrated film in terms of what it does. Like, I think people appreciate how funny it is, certainly. Like, I don't think there's any question so about that. It's funny. An, it's an extremely quotable film. It is hilarious. You go, Glinko, go. <laughs> Well, we still thing. say that. I could sit here for a full half hour episode and just quote this movie. I know. And laugh about how, how funny often, this movie how is. How often do we say, like, and it, it came from Beth doing it, but we do it all the time, when Alexa pipes up and she's just, <laughs> Nobody asked off. her. Yeah. And, and, and we all say, she doesn't even go here. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many things that you just use now in your normal life from that film. Yeah. But I, I genuinely do think that this film does so much more than that. And in that level, it is underappreciated for just how smart this film is. Yeah. I mean, so, how, how are you scoring this? Oh, So, you revealed very early on <laughs> while watching the film. Almost straight away, I said to you. Yeah. yeah this, I, is, this is a 10. It's this a is 10. a 10. Like, yeah. it's so good. Blah, blah, blah. While we were watching it. And I, oh, I like... I'm really struggling to find ways to fault it. Yes, of course, there are some things that absolutely date it. The constant use of the word retard and gay and, you know, this and that and the other. But- But you but, watch a movie for the context of its time. You're not going to watch a movie from the 50s and give it a lower score because of how they treat women in the film, I think. Like, well, yeah. You like have to it, view it through it, the lens of when it was made. I mean, you can certainly you can certainly think, oh, you know, I like I would change that. That dates it. Um that doesn't hold up. It's a little problematic here and there, but it's a little bit of a time capsule. Yeah. And for all the good that it does, I'm happy to kind of oversee here and there some, you know, inappropriate, uh, not PC language. So I, th I think I would tend to. Yeah. <laughs> I literally can't come up with a fault for this film. And okay, look, is it the Godfather, for example, is it Taxi Driver? Is it any of those other films that I've rated a 10? Is it Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or being John Malkovich? No, it's not doing as How much. How did you give that a 10, did you? Absolutely. I didn't listen. It's <laughs> That hasn't come out yet. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not doing as much as those films. 
But for what this film is trying to achieve, and this is something I've always said on this show, is that you have to think about what is this film trying to do and is it meeting those goals? Mm. This film smashes it out of the park. It does yep. everything it's trying to achieve and more. And it's, it's, it's an, hilarious it's, from start to finish. It's clever. It's it's a teen drama that is funny and thought-provoking. Yeah. And tick, tick. There. Yeah. Done. Absolutely. 10 out of 10. Nailed so, it. <laughs> fucking thank you, Mel, for making us watch this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you. And just I, just, I loved watching this. It was awesome. It's always so nice when you sit down to watch a film knowing you're going to have a great time and then you still come away going, yeah, that still holds up. Yeah. Like, what a gift. Thanks, Mel. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> All right, next week, I will actually have Beth on the show. It's her first episode, I think, since Titanic, since our 100th episode. So, it's been like really? 225 since we've had Beth on. Oh, come uh, on, Beth. Because Get you know what? Together. Roland Emmerich has a new disaster movie coming out called Moonfall. And this is where Beth shines. Well, <laughs> I don't think Beth's ever done a disaster flick with me on the show oh, before. So, whoa, so whoa. that's what that's what we'll be checking out next week. Do they I expect it to jam. be good? Absolutely not. Do I expect it to be a fun time? You bet I do. <laughs> Uh, and then the week after that, I'll have my good friend Julio from The Contrarians back on the show talking about The French Dispatch, which a new release, but another patron request, which I've been keen to watch anyway. So looking forward to Is that. Is it actually French? No, it's it's Wes Anderson. Uh, I'm less excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good on Julio. <laughs> n- nothing that you want to plug, Noosk? Nothing you want to you tell the people where to find you or any of that stuff? No. Ew. <laughs> no. It's bad enough that, you know, one of our friends said the other day, oh, I listened to your episode, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, that's embarrassing. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedthing.com or wewatchedthing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedthing. If you want to help support the show like our great friend Mel does, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedthing, and we'll catch you next week. Boo, you whore. (laughs) Harsh. So good.